I keep, I kept trying to find, I was like, okay, there's a, there's gotta be a catch here. Everyone can't be this excited about working here. That's impossible. And, uh, but I never found that. And honestly, what made me feel confident that I could do it is knowing, um, is knowing that I'd been the one sitting around that table. And if I had been a part of what they were being a part of, I was like, man, I could, I could for sure replicate that. At least the aspect of making sure that they're taken care of, that everything they need and that they're being spoken into um, about what they want to do in life. Not what can you do for me? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And how can I help you get there? This is Grow With The Bros, hosted by Ryan and Ken Parsons, founders of the Brothers That Just Do Gutters. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Gutter, Behind the Brother. We've made every mistake in the book, so you don't have to. Our time to evolve as business owners is now. Let's grow together. On today's episode, we are talking with Luke Smith out of Columbus, Georgia, and I'm just so happy to have Luke on this call. Luke, you're like literally one of my favorite people in the world. And uh, you're also one of the biggest surprises. So we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff. But just given kind of your background, given some of the, uh, the, the things that you were kind of concerned about for what you have done and what you have implemented, and, and I, I'm hoping that comes up a lot today because you are the ultimate implementer, no matter how uncomfortable, no, ma- no matter how counterintuitive some of the advice may seem, you are um, just like, you know what? Let's do it. And, uh, and, and you're just one of those people, one of those franchisees that, that really become an instant brother. Like, it's, it's amazing that we have not been friends our entire lives, that we've only met two short years ago, but we're really happy to have you on this uh, podcast today. Welcome. Luke Smith is going to talk about how franchising has changed his life and business. Welcome to the podcast. No, I'm really, really, really happy to be here. And I mutually feel all of those same things uh, back for both of you equally, possibly. All right. So, Luke, I believe you have an anniversary coming up. Isn't that right? Yeah, right. Uh, in about another week or two, we started 2019, the last two weeks in May. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be two years. It's crazy to think about that. Uh, it seemed, just seems like it's gone really, really fast in a really awesome way. So yeah, that is coming up for sure. Nice. Well, before we dive into some of the questions, give us a little bit of your background, and then we'll, we'll kind of circle all the way into franchising and how it's changed your life and business and family and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I'm one of six. I was born in Columbus, Ohio. We moved to Georgia when I was, um, when I was three. Uh, we've been in Columbus since I've been five. So grew up here, and um, I have a wife. Her name is Hannah. She's smoking hot and amazing, and I've got to be the kid. Moses is six and Elizabeth is four. Uh, she's very sassy and he is uh, very by the book. He has a saying that says rules keep us safe. I don't know how, I don't know how he came from me. But. I have a saying too, rules are meant to be broken. And then we have a saying in the Parsons house that rules are for others. <laughs> yes. You would have a problem with both of those rules, but, uh, but yeah, so no, it's just, really fun but um yeah i um i worked for two years at a high school uh for a lawn service company 
then I went to then I went to college and uh, got a degree in advertising, public relations. Came back to Georgia, um, worked uh, worked on a farm for a while, and then went back to that lawn service company. And then I went uh, traveled across the world for a year or so, doing uh, missionary work in Australia and New Zealand, and been really fortunate to have been a lot of different places and been around a lot of different cultures. So I think that's all really helped. I think my how I see people and how I see potential. And um, yeah, it's just been a really interesting, crazy way to how we got here. I'm a little bit, I'm a late bloomer. We'll do things a lot later in life than other people. I didn't get married till I was 33 and didn't buy a business till I was 38. So it's kind of nuts how it works. Well, you're not late because I know a lot of people that are really old that, that do a lot of wish I dids, you yeah. know? So I think it's the perfect timing from what we can see. I think this was a perfect timing for you, your life, your family, everything. So before we get into this business stuff, why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the passions that you have outside of growing your business first? Uh, I love my family. I love spending time with Wimps. Love spending time with my family. Um, I, I like being outside, whether that's on a motorcycle or just anything having to do with water. I just love being on the water. I just love being around water. Um, and uh, I, was a mus- I was a musician a long time ago. And I was, as I was writing some of the stuff down, I was like, is that even really a passion anymore? I listen to music. I don't really play it anymore just because, Bob, I mean, my passion has transformed into, into this business, into making sure that the people that work with us you know, are empowered as well to figure out what they're passionate about and really, really just properly try to go after it. So, but yeah, just a little bit. So your, your theme song should be, I come from the water by the toadies. <laughs> it should be. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So looking back on your background, what has like led you to where you are today or what has prepared you for owning a franchise? How did you end up here? I think, I know this is probably a weird way of saying it, but I think I was, um, I, I was extremely loyal to the wrong people for a very long time. Um, not that they were wrong, they were just wrong for me. And um, so I think I learned everything I wanted to do and accomplish for other people by learning what not to do for like 16 years. Okay. Because of what I yeah, so, um, yeah, I've always had blue-collar manual labor jobs. I've always woken up in the morning extremely early, and um, I love people that are like that and want to do that because those are the guys that seem to have worked really, really well for us. And, um, yeah, so I think, yeah, being at the wrong place for such a long time, I think, really led to um, – to how we got to where we are today. Do you, do you think that that's why you have such a heart? I've, I mean, seriously, I've never seen somebody have a heart for their team and their people like you. You literally can get emotional thinking about your guys, thinking about your staff and the people that, that, that work with you, that you, you literally probably care the most out of anyone I've seen. I, I, a lot of people care for their staff and they're trying to make their lives better, but there's something a little bit different um, when you think and talk about your staff. You want to just touch on that really quick? Yeah, I think it, I think it, um, I think it does just boil down to just being 
just feel like I wasn't, I was not valued for such a long time. The people I worked for, they were great. Like they loved me, but they didn't have any plan for me. There was no like, Hey man, you are working really hard for us. You have been for years. This is where we see you being. It was always like, you know, good job. That's great. Here's a $300 Christmas bonus for all the overtime you worked, but didn't get paid for it because you were on salary and they knew that I would never say no. You know what I mean? Like, and knowing like hiring people that like you can tell like in the interview when you're interviewing them that they're experiencing like the same thing. And mm-hmm. they, they might love their bosses. There's, there's just a really crazy disconnect sometimes. And I feel like until you've been that employee that's worked for someone, it's like hard to understand, you know? But, but yeah, I, I love, I love our employees and I always try to say, you know, I love that you work with us, not you work for me. You know, I, I don't, I try not to make it sound like it's a me and a, uh, it's a me and a them, or it's me and Katie and Donnie, like management and them. I always say, you know, I love that you work with us. Thank you for working with us. And, um, um, because without awesome. that, nothing else, nothing else happens. Nothing else gets done. Yeah, no, and that's great because, a, yeah, big, a lot of people just think, I own a business. You know, you work for me. You should do what I say. You should be happy to have a job. There's people that just have such a gross idea of owning a business and just, I, I love it. I think it's refreshing. I think people need to hear you speak about that. Um, and I believe a lot of your success um, is because you you literally care. And when somebody can see somebody truly cares for you outside of work, in work, I believe that they're going to be willing to, you know, continue to help you see your vision because you're going to help them see their vision. So well done. I, I just, I'd love your heart for your people. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Yeah, so uh, that's all about making people feel uh, a part of something uh, bigger than just uh, clocking into work every day and making them feel like they're part of the team. And then also speaking that vision into them to, you know, hey, there's more than, you know, if I want more from here, you know, they're, you're speaking that into them. And I think that's super important to, you know, be able to see, uh, see for others what they can't see and then helping them to be able to see it, I think is a big part of uh, them feeling uh, that you care and, uh, and that you're really thinking about them. Yeah, no, for sure. So we know you're a hard worker. You get up early in the morning and you're there to work earlier than anybody else. And, and that's, you know, that's awesome. Uh, uh, you have great management skills. You've learned that overall over the past few years, but you don't have, you didn't, when you came into this, you didn't have any direct gutter installation experience or knowledge or anything about gutters. What led you to Brothers Gutters? Um, January 29th um, of 2019, uh, my brother Matt's birthday and he was in town and my brother David came in town from Lynchburg, Virginia and my parents were having problems with water underneath the house. So David gets on the phone um, and he calls, he calls his buddy, Jeremiah, and asking him questions. And um, Jeremiah owns uh, Brothers Gutters franchise in Lynchburg, probably one of the oldest ones apart from, you know, um, Hudson Valley. And uh, I mean, right, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, him and Jonathan, first, first ones. And so David's talking to 
talking to Jeremiah and my dad and I are like probably 30 feet away talking about something else. And David gets off the phone with Jeremiah and he, he looks up at the roof and then he looks at me and my dad and looks back at the roof and does that like three times. And then like, you know, puts his hands in his, in, in, puts his head in his hands. And he's like, Luke, I don't know why I've never thought about this before, but I feel like you'd be perfect for this. And then we started dialogue. I called Jeremy the next Jeremiah the next day. And then the next day after that, because uh, he was like, yeah, just, you know, call, call, call Ken. And I was like, well, like the owner, like the, the founder. And he was like, yeah, just call him. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, he'll like talk to me. And he's like, yeah, yeah, man. And I was like, okay. So I called Ken and he, I'm pretty sure you answered right off the bat. Um, and I remember talking to you in the parking lot of Northern Little League. I remember exactly where I was. <laughs> Yeah, and just being so pumped about it after that. And then, yeah, that's just kind of how it just, and then everything happened quick, quickly. I think uh, February the 13th was my dad's birthday. Um, we went, I took him out for his birthday. We went and saw the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band and we went to dinner. And at that time I was trying to go to nursing school and I did not get in the first time. So I was gonna take my prerequisites or had to take English 101 and college algebra again because I made season them in 2001, um, which, you know, looking back, I'm so glad that happened because I probably wouldn't have been keen on trying this. And, um, you know, he, we, had, we were having dinner and he's like, hey, if I think about you as a nurse in five years, I think you'd really like it. Uh, I think there'd be good days and bad days, but if I think about you owning a business and being able to stay outside and work with your hands and empower people, I feel like that Luke would be a lot happier. He's like, awesome. so I, really, I really feel like you should do this. And I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. Let's do it. Uh, Great advice from your dad, huh? I know, right? That guy that is. Yeah. He's, a gr- he's a good, he's a good, good father. That's true. So um, you've, you've never had experience in it. You've worked in lawn care. What was it that made you feel confident that you could purchase a gutter franchise without any gutter experience. I wasn't, I wasn't confident about it until we came up to meet the team day. There's so many things that I feel like um, all leads back to meet the team day. Okay. So can I talk about that real quick? I would love it. Absolutely. You know, so we went up to meet the team day. So it's exactly what it sounds like, right? You see everyone and you meet everyone and you see the systems uh, that they have in place. And so, um, you guys tailored it for us to like kind of come up during uh, an installer meeting, right? So we get to see that. And I remember my dad and I, we got up there, we, we like took a late night flight. We got to the hotel super late and we almost didn't come to the installer meeting. We were so tired. And I was like, I really want to go. I really just want to see everything. And um, so we get there and, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's a construction job, right? Blue collar manual labor dudes and they're all sitting around the table, you know, laughing and cussing and making fun of each other. But as soon as that meeting started, everyone sat up straight, they leaned forward, they put their elbows on the table and they like, you know, looked at the, looked at, looked at the head of the room uh, to wherever who was talking. I think it was probably Job. Um, and they were so attentive and I was like, okay, what is this? You know? Um, and when they did the shout outs and they were so encouraging uh, and of, of each other at the end of the meeting and the things that they were learning and the things that they did, I just was like, what? 
And then we met the people in the call center and the marketing department. And I keep, I kept trying to find, I was like, okay, there's a, there's gotta be a catch here. Everyone can't be this excited about working here. That's impossible. And, uh, but I never found that. And honestly, what made me feel confident that I could do it is knowing, um, is knowing that I'd been the one sitting around that table. And if I had been a part of what they were being a part of, I was like, man, I could, I could for sure replicate that. At least the aspect of making sure that they're taken care of, that everything they need and that they're being spoken into um, about what they want to do in life. Not what can you do for me? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And how can I help you get there? You know? Um, yeah. And then the skills ladder program too, like seeing that, knowing that you could hire someone and not just slap them on the back and be like, Hey, you're hired. We'll talk about a raise in like five months. They don't really know what they've got to do to get that raise. Do they just show up on time? Are they always busy? If people are standing around, should they have a broom in their hands? Like what, um, you know, but that's like a, it was like a clear path. And when I saw that, like, it's just like, not even like a, a light bulb went off. It's like a lightning bolt of like, God bless America. This is what, so, so many places that I think could benefit from this. This is what they're missing. You know, it's much more than work. Anyone can hang a gutter, right? I, I mean, I, there's nothing magical about that, but it's the, it's the culture that you guys built and it's the culture that I've really tried to build. And it's the culture that I see in other franchise owners when we talk um, once a month or we get together once or twice a year. Uh, that, those are such energizing things. And I just, it just gets me so pumped and like amped. And so the, that aspect of meet the team day, learning about the skills that are program, I just was like, Oh man, I think everything else will follow. I just got to find the right people. And this can, and this, we can do this. I was talking to my dad. I was like, dad, we can do this. We can make this happen. How did your dad, uh, it's awesome, man. Team day when, you know, uh, you know, taking your dad with you and, you know, what was his uh, reaction to it? It was, it was the same way. I mean, we were just really, really excited. And I think he was, he was impressed. And I feel like, you know, my dad is like my best friend. And so I've talked to him a lot over the years about, I think my frustrations with, you know, my previous job and, um, you know, my parents were really good friends with them. And like I said, they were great people, phenomenal people. They just, Business owners towards their employees, I felt like they could have been a lot better. And I know there's a lot going on. I Now I understand for sure more on their side when, after owning a business now. But you got to be intentional. You got to make time. And it's more than just uh, you're doing a good job. It's intentional time. Like, hey, how are you doing? It's knowing, it's knowing when their girlfriend just broke up with them or the fact that their washing machine broke or, you know, and they need one, you know, um, and being able to get it for them. You know, it's between you and them, it's not, you know, you don't want anyone else to know. You don't want the other guys to know. You just, you want to help them out. Like, it's just crazy. But I saw, but when I meet the team day, I'm sitting there at the table. I'm like, I know that this is what that's like up here. And I know that I can do that. All the numbers and all the other stuff uh, terrify me still to this day. <laughs> that's, I why have, that's why you have Katie. I know, right? We have Katie and now we have Caitlin and she's, like Katie, same way of doing stuff. So yeah, I, I ask a lot of questions and they're, they're used to answering them for me because I, it's numbers are freaking out. 
so uh so that was the start of of uh getting immersed into all things brothers gutters and you made that decision so how was your experience after meet the team day when it came to the onboarding process uh with brothers gutters so first of all after meet the team day it was almost it almost sucked a little bit because meet the team day was so good i was so excited to do it and it like and it was only like, you know, three months until we started, but it seemed like it was three years. And I was just like, and I remember April the 12th, 2019, my last day at where I worked. It's like the best day of my life. Um, but onboarding, man, training was extremely in depth. There was heaps and heaps and heaps of information. So I get the installation side of it, right? I, I you know, I'm, I'm de decent with my hands and, um, and I get how things work and I'm good at problem solving. I love solving problems like that. What was crazy about lawn services, I can't control mother nature, but you know, you can, you can cut wood and you can bend metal to fit stuff and you can make stuff happen. You know, I can't control <laughs> soil pH and everything else, at least right then it takes time to do those things. But like, um, so I was had to retrain my brain into how I looked at stuff. So installation wise, I was like, during that time of training, I was like, okay, I got this. And then we went upstairs and then I had to learn all that other stuff. And um, the numbers in the clerical part is what worried me the most. But y'all did such a great job of, I feel like at some point, I, Ryan, I don't know this for a fact, but I feel like at some point, probably like halfway through halfway through that first day, we probably took a break and I'm sure you went back and you're like, okay, we got to reconfigure how we do this. <laughs> we got to rethink how we train this guy to learn this stuff. Um, but they did a, you guys did such a good job of making sure that I felt confident to go home, which by the way, we already had leads at that point. We were up there for two weeks and we got back and started working instantly. So um, that's just, a really cool thing if anyone's listening and being like yeah but how long does it take first calendar year man we you know we crushed it the first seven months were hard but uh you gotta you gotta hustle and you gotta have an understanding family because it's gonna be tough but it is so rewarding it doesn't even make sense wow um, sorry i kind of trailed off a little bit no that's awesome i mean i think you've given us some sound bites for the ages here that we can continue to use <laughs> so we appreciate it very much have you, ever been, have you ever been tested for a photographic memory it's amazing how you remember the date and the time of all these different events that happened <laughs> I, I, think, I think i just remember really important things like that and like you know yeah no i don't i wish i had a photographic memory that would be amazing <laughs> so you mentioned the skills ladder. I think that's one of the, it's one of the things that I'm probably most proud of in our system, but it's also, you know, sometimes one of the things that I feel like is a little bit underutilized. I think people love it when they see it, when they come to meet the team day or, or confirmation day or whatever we want to call that. And they kind of, they're like, that's why I want one of these is because there's a defined career path. But when things get real, it seems to be a little bit easy to push off to the side, but you're one of the ones that have really committed to the training program, the skills ladder program. Can you kind of just discuss a little bit about what that is? Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, I will say the only way to really make it work is you have to be, you have to be intentional about it. If someone gives you a good suggestion, I'd be like, Oh, that's really nice. But you have to do what it takes to 
take the steps in order to make sure that that happens. And so, um, you know, the cool thing about the skills ladder program is that there's, you know, there's each rung, there's a position. You obviously start at the bottom, like climbing a ladder. You can't start at the top. You got to start at the bottom. And every rung, there's a manual that the guys go through. And it's stuff pertaining to leadership, you know, product knowledge, you know, the importance of, you know, customer relations. Um, and each rung, it gets a little bit more in depth into the position and what that entails. Taking care of the trucks, monitoring the maintenance, making sure that the job site's set up properly, instructing your apprentice to do all, you know, to do everything that they're supposed to do and holding them accountable for it. But it's really cool because each section that you go through, they sign off on it. And, you know, uh, my production manager signs off on it or Katie, our operations manager signs off on it. And I, and I hold them to them. I'm like, guys, this is a contractual agreement, right? You're signing this thing that you understand what this means, what this says, and that you're going to do it. And so um, also if someone's not upholding that, you can be like, hey, we might need to take a step back because I feel like you're lacking in these areas and we really need to address that. You know, you say you want to be here. I want you to be here. If you want to be here, I need you to show me and I will make it worth your while, you know? So uh, it's cool that there's a program set in place that you can be able to do that and explain to them like, hey, you know, um, you know what to do. So do it. Love it. That stands out to me is we were having a field, we were having a field ops meeting a couple months back and we were talking about recruiting and interviewing and all that stuff. And you grabbed one of the manuals, the operations manuals, and you just said, guys, it's right here on page such and such right here. All I do when I'm hiring people is follow this right here. Has that been your experience with most of the things that you've learned uh, with what from the onboarding process and, and even till now? Um, can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah. So, okay. We talked about before I've never owned a business before, you know? Um, I've helped people manage their businesses, but I've never owned one. So um, I'm really good at following orders. My brain is, uh, I have uh, problems with it, uh, with uh, attention. And so sometimes I can mentally be all over the place, but having something, I can, I can follow the steps of something. You know, I could be like, oh, okay, yep, I can do that. I can do that. Yep, that's done, check. Um, so for me, it was, it was pretty easy because everything's there. And so I tried to, and what's really cool about you guys is that there are times that I would like maybe call and ask questions and you guys would always be like, Hey, so this is your business. Uh, you can do whatever you want to do. Um, we can give you, we can give you suggestions, but at the end of the day, it's your, it's your business. And I was like, cause I still, in the beginning, I literally viewed you guys as my boss. And I knew you weren't, I knew you weren't. And you guys told me that a bunch of times, but it helped me in my mind to think of it that way. So I would, you know, have accountability and do what the manuals say, you know, you were like, Hey, you probably need a back office admin. Uh, probably didn't need to be full-time, but Katie could only come if she was full-time. So I was like, well, we got to do it. You know, as far as getting our building, it was way too big for us. And now I'm trying to figure out where to put stuff. Um, uh, so, yeah, you, the everything's there. Everything, everything is there. 
Like it, when that day that I held that up, because I was like, you've got questions for the phone interview. You have questions for the interview, the in-person interview. You have questions for the exit, um, exit interview after they do a trial day. You know what I mean? And then it's like, do you want to offer them the job? You know, do, do they check all these things out? You know, there's no like, oh, I don't know. He seems nice. <laughs> worker, you know, uh, there's a lot more. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. So Luke, you've never owned a business before. You didn't have any gutter experience, but you managed to bill over a million dollars in your first calendar year. And we just want to acknowledge some of the stuff that you've done. You have great crews. You have great leadership. Your first salesperson wasn't the best person for the job, and you worked through that. Like you said, it wasn't easy. The first six months, nothing was necessarily easy. It was all there. It was all stuff you could follow. But man, oh man, your leadership, the way you care about your people, you've got steady workflow, steady growth. I mean, how, how did you get there? It's awesome. No, thank you so much. I... It, hiring the right people in the beginning people that like knew because i i didn't have a building i didn't have shirts i didn't have business cards i didn't have a company truck and i got three people before any of that before i even went to new york for training to commit to helping me start this um and so i think being able to like i had i had a laptop and i showed them the website you know <laughs> and i was like you know I had done at that point done, a, you know, the competitive analysis that you have to do before you start. And, and um, um, I just, uh, just did heaps and heaps of research. And I was like, I just knew it was possible. And I knew it was more than possible. I knew that it was ridiculous that it hadn't already been done. Um, and so, but getting those people that had that same passion drive and, and, and saw, the same, saw the same vision that I had, and then making sure that they stayed there. When times got tough, when it was when it was when we were struggling to, you know, really just do the day-to-day -day stuff, just sitting down, taking a deep breath, and being like, hey, let's just come back to why we're doing this. And let's realize and remember how it's gonna be and where we're gonna go. Let's focus on that. And um, I've always been kind of a positive person anyway. My wife, you know, it's a good thing about a marriage, right? You you guys play off of each other and you make yourself better in certain areas. There's times that I would tell Hannah, I was like, Hey, when something happens, you immediately go negative. You know, let's, let's start, let's start positive. Let's start at the top. And if we have no other option, it's okay to be negative, but don't go there first. Like let's go, let's go to the top first. Let's go positive first and let's figure it out from there. So, um, and then the more you talk about stuff like that with your team or your staff and your installers, the more that they feel like that, and that plays out really well in the field when they come up to rotten fascia or an angry customer, you know, ah, let's not go negative. Let's just, let's start at the top. And if we have no other option, that's okay. But like, you know, so I think maintaining that and really trying to foster that and cultivate that on top of everything else in the manuals and the example that I saw uh, in New York, I think has really led to, wow. led to all that happening. And also taking risks. Being able to call other franchise owners, you know, and be like, ooh, I don't know. What, what, I don't know, Nathan. I don't know, Nathan. He's like, just throw some money at it. I don't have, okay. 
let's do it, you know, and then just being ready to. I love it. A lot. So, so you kind of hit on a few things there. I'll recap. Like a lot of even like new franchisees, they kind of want the building, they want the shirts, they want the business cards before they feel like they can build a team. They and you're saying the complete opposite. You're like, I could only show them the website, but what 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 people might miss right there, and I hope they don't, is you showed them vision. You showed them what they can be, what it's going to be. You got them excited. You know, as a leader, as somebody that's going to do something amazing. You got people to buy into that. And I, I thought that was pretty much, it's incredible because so many people want to, you know, when you come and you look at New York or you come and you go to Nathan's facility, it's like, well, shoot, if I had all that, people would be lining up at the door to work here. So I just love that you grabbed that vision part of it, which we do, you know, preach a lot of uh, and, and got people to take the journey. It's awesome. Well, people, if you get them like that, instead of all the you know, the wrapped trucks and the nice shirts with correct embroidery and like all that stuff. Like if you get them without that, they're, they're going to be around for a long time. They're going to be, they're going to be sold out to it. They're going to be bought into it. That's they're awesome. Gonna, they're going to have ownership over it. They also see that what you say is, you know, you cast the vision they buy into it and they believe you, but then, you know, the actions speak louder than the words that you even sewed into them because they, they see the results of what you're doing and the growth. You know, you, you, they see that second truck and that other machine. They see a bigger, better office where you're having meetings and you go from uh, maybe a plastic table and uh, uh, little folding chairs to something really nice with cushions on it. You know, it's just all those little things, you know, that people see. And that makes them, uh, that builds the trust. And you've certainly accomplished that with your team um, right out of the gate. And even now, uh, as your team has gotten bigger, uh, you know, your, your word means everything to them because they know that you're going you're gonna to do what you say you're going to do. It's awesome. So you got your people to come to you with vision. So let's keep talking a little bit more about vision. What do you picture? I mean, now you're into your third season, correct? Uh, yep, yep. This is your start of your third season, uh, second year, and fast forward one, two years. What do you see for uh, for your franchise and your people? So short term, you know, we really need two more trucks. I need four more installers, and really need to start developing uh, the new territory that we purchased uh, a couple of months ago. Oh, you gutter installers out there! There you go. Columbus, Georgia is hiring. Yep. And the newer, the newer territory is up south of uh, Atlanta as well. So, and what's crazy is that, you know, um, I, I forget, I'm going to botch the numbers a little bit. Shocking, I know, right? But um, I think it was something crazy, like talking to Donovan, like 98% of the one point whatever million we did in our first calendar year came from like 3% of our territory. That we have that we have currently. So, like, knowing that there's so much more room and space to build that, and then because like I'll put stuff on the on this TV screen and I'll show the guys. And when I bought this new territory, and I'm like trying to explain like how it's going to work possibly and what we're going to do, they're getting excited. They're like fighting about who's going to like go up there and start 
like move their families up there and start. Where is that town? What is it called? Noonan, Griffin, Sonoya. Noonan. Noonan. I remember from the day one, you said, Ken, don't you let anybody else buy Noonan. That's mine. I said, well. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But so now we got it. So now we have to make it work. Now we got to make it. We Now we have to be worthy of that. I feel like, you know what I mean? Um, I don't want to buy something and just sit on it and keep, keep someone else from experiencing the same blessings that I've had by earning a franchise. Um, I feel like I'd be doing someone else a disservice. So the only way to kind of rectify that in my mind is to just get with it and to just make it happen, you know? Love it. Love it. That's awesome. So that's, that's great. So with all your success, um, how did you still manage to lose to me in cornhole? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm too trusting of a person. That's what I, <laughs> I asked the score. I was told an answer, so I didn't go for something, and the score was told incorrectly to me, which is my fault. I should have been keeping score, so I can only myself. You know, the disappointment in your eyes when you looked at me, who you probably considered a mentor up until that point, you know? <laughs> He's now a tormentor. Tormentor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was so, good. So what is the, what is, since the time that you started till now, what has been the reaction in the community been like, as far as the impact of your, you know, business and, and, and that, because uh, one thing that I see, it, even in this territory here in Tyler, Texas, I've had friends and people that I don't even know say, hey, I see your trucks and your stuff all over the place. And obviously, there's a lot of things that we could do in our community to benefit the community. What has it been like for your business? Oh, it's been really, really nice. You know, like I said, I, I, I grew up here. Um, you know, I always joke with my wife. She's always like, oh, you know this person, such and such. And I'm like, honey, I don't know people like you do, you know, but uh, she knows everybody. I feel like I know hardly anyone sometimes. But, um, you know, you have acquaintances over the years and you have people that remember you as a kid. And then, you know, because of Facebook and everyone can see what you're doing. I mean, that was that was huge. But the but the reaction has been really, really great. You know, and I mean, just even personally for me, like people hearing people say, that makes so much sense. You know, I, when you, when I heard that you started that and, and you were a part of that and, you know, I just, it makes so much sense. And I think, and that feels great. That's a good, you know, that's a good confidence booster there sometimes when I'm feeling like, you know, what the heck am I doing? Um, but the community has been great. Um, and, you know, Columbus is a billboard town and we just now a couple months ago put some up and that even that with the trucks you know uh, I love hearing the story of Jimmy saying when he first started he just drove that truck around you know I've done that too in the beginning when we only had when we got our second truck and we weren't running it yet I would go park it at Lowe's and Home Depot you know <laughs> all the time just leave it there and um, you know but uh, yeah it's been really cool I can't tell you like on a daily basis, I hear someone say, I, I see your trucks everywhere. That's awesome. So let's rewind. Let's go right back to the time that you're standing at your parents' house. They had water in the basement. Your brother uh, calls Jeremiah and says, you should do this business. What, would it have, what do you think it would have been like if you're like, you know, I love that idea. Gutter business would be perfect in this area. 
but you know, I don't want to buy a franchise. Dad, me, let's just do it. Let me go. I'll start a gutter business. There's a need. Ha, ha, what, what do you think that would have been like? That would have been a disaster. Well, it's, I mean, and I could, it wouldn't have, it couldn't have happened. In my, in my opinion, it couldn't have, it couldn't have, for me to have done it, wouldn't, could not have happened. And what's crazy is that when you read, when you read through the, the, the system and the protocol and the things, um, it makes so much sense. And you're like, oh, of course, of course, of course I should do that. Of course, if this happens and this happens, then this will happen, <laughs> you know? But the fact that you guys did everything and went through everything first um, and created a system that obviously works, um, you know, uh, there's, I, there'd be no other way for me to, uh, to have accomplished anything remotely close to this. And I know I call you guys a lot and uh, thank you for it. And um, you know, my favorite calls are always after eight o'clock, but, um, yes. but the, the reason I do ask that is because typically everyone's knee jerk reaction when you're about to buy a franchise is why would you buy a franchise? Just do it yourself. I don't care if it's a yogurt stand or a gutter business or whatever. That's like pretty much everyone says, why would you give them your money? You could keep it all rather than having to give it to somebody else as well. Uh, anyone listening, I hope you know by now that if you buy a franchise, there are royalties and there are payments that go to the franchise for helping you build a business. But um, that that's the reason I ask is that's pretty much everybody's you know, and when I say buddy, everybody, everybody of yours, maybe even had it. Why would you buy a franchise? Just do it on your own. Actually, I mean, there's been not many of those. Uh, the other one, other people have been like, well, that's genius to buy a franchise. I like those <laughs> friends. Those are good friends. Oh, those are great friends. <laughs> um, you know, because uh, they're because um, they've experienced stuff or someone else has experienced stuff. And, and um, uh the system, follow the system, the system works. I remember Nathan telling me that before I even bought it, I called him and asked him, talked to him about it. Um, and um, yeah, it's just, uh, you, yeah, a successful franchise following a system. They've already created something that obviously has worked in the past. So as long as you can do what it takes and, and, and stick to the script, but also, have some creative license with it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a no brainer. Like people on the fence thinking about it, please contact me. And I will promise you outside of this podcast, I will change your mind. Yeah. Wow. You know, what's that. interesting too, is when you watch this show shark tank and we've all heard of it, you know, I mean, these people are coming in with businesses that they've established and coming in and the sharks give their bid on it. And it's like, you know, they want 50, 60, 70, 80% equity in the business. And all they're doing really is throwing money at it. Maybe they do have some people and staff that might be able to help those people with certain things that they have connections with, but it certainly is not like as hands-on or systematic or, you know, figured out by any means like a franchise business uh, should be, right? And, 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 and we're not even taking close to that, right? I mean, you could even partner with somebody and try and figure it out for the cost that it costs you, right? As uh, an owner, right? Uh, is that pretty accurate? 
Oh yeah, no, that's extreme, extremely accurate. If anything, that's under accurate. If that's even a term, or a <laughs> it is now. Oh, you just you now, yeah. stated up, so it is. Uh, no, and, and I think what's nuts is that, like the the company I was at before, they were a franchise as well. I didn't know who owned it. I didn't know who started it. I never heard their name. Like my guys know y'all's names. You know what I mean? Um, and they hear me talk about y'all, uh, not as some like weird, far off, distant Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, but like like a flesh and blood person that I have a relationship with who is extremely passionate about making sure that I'm successful, not because we pay royalties, but because they're invested in me as a person and in my business because they love me. You know what I mean? So like, that's what, that's, what's different about just like any of this to any normal type of like franchise is like, I don't, I, I never knew who, what the upper management of corporate was or what they did or never heard from them or, you know, um, but, you know, it's just it's much more uh, tangible and attainable, I feel like, because you guys are involved and other people at corporate are involved. You know, um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a no brainer. If you know about it, if you don't know about it, seriously, contact me. I will promise you I'll change your mind. Love it. And by the way, Luke, my favorite phone calls are not after eight o'clock, but after ten o'clock. <laughs> they get even better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got two more questions, and we're gonna we're gonna wrap up, man. So uh, this has been so much fun. So the uh, I guess the next question is is how how has franchising affected you personally and professionally? And I know we've touched on it a little bit, but I guess being a little bit more uh, specific to how franchising has done that. Yeah. So like, uh, I think in both areas, just feel extremely blessed and uh, humble and humbled by it. Um, you know, uh, I think I remember I was, I was taking out the trash and my kids were in the back of my truck and I was, the sun was setting, just a really nice Sunday night. The sun was setting and there was this gap in the trees and this really pretty ray of like sunset light was shining right on the, the back of my truck that had the where, the, where the stickers are. And I'm like taking off the trash can and I'm looking at y'all's, you know, animated cartoon faces. And my kids are like playing in the back of the truck and I'm at the end of my driveway and I just had this really overwhelming sense of gratitude. And I remember calling you guys and being like, hey, I'm at the end of my driveway to my nice house, my kids are playing in my really nice truck. I'm taking out the trash and none of this would have been possible if you guys hadn't trusted people with you know, a legacy that you guys have spent 20 plus years building. And I feel like that's a, I feel like that's probably a scary thing to do is to meet a stranger and to trust them with something that you've built. Um, and so I just feel extremely honored um, that you guys trust me with that. And I have like on a, Man, several several times a week, I'm just I fight calling you guys as much as I do. Um, it should be more, honestly. I'm like, ah, they're busy. You know, I shouldn't call them. Right? I just talk to them. Oh, you can you know? call us anytime. Always call. <laughs> Those are our favorites. Seriously, that's that's literally my favorite. And I see your uh, number on my phone. I smile. I'm like, this is gonna be good. Uh, it's just it's just really fun. And I I um yeah just. I think that it's impacted my family's life in just a really, really proper way that I didn't know. Um, no, that's awesome. It was possible. 
Yeah. And that, that literally, those phone calls, that gratitude, that's the most enjoyable for Ken and I. You know, um, seeing what we can do, the impact that we have on people's lives, on your life. And then to have somebody actually call and say it is so cool. Um, and, and we appreciate we appreciate you, Luke. You have built an absolutely amazing company. And it's because you, you focused on culture first. You, and I remember in the beginning, you're like, you know what? There's a lot of different KPIs and, and, uh, and things to look at, but we're just going to do quality work and get five-star reviews because we're awesome. And I'm going to treat my people absolutely amazing. So your foundation, foundational qualities that you started with that are in you, that you can thank your parents for. I mean, they've, they've raised good kids with good values and morals. And to see that in action is why you're successful. Uh, a lot of people are just trying to chase money and chase it fast. You knew the money would come, and you invested in your people, and it's it's evident. Uh, I love it. You're you're one of the top franchisees, um, and it's not even in dollars. It's just in it, it's it's in it's in who you are, as far as what you have to offer and what you have to give. It's just been phenomenal to see your journey, and it is. I'd say the best part is like that call to to see that you know that you that you just are thankful makes us want to do this. 10, 20, 50, 100 times over for other people so we can make a difference for them. So follow the system. System works. Right, system works, right? Culture is super important. Yeah. You focus on that, the money will follow. And, uh, and again, you don't need gutter experience to be successful at this business. So I think you pretty much summed it up right there. Uh, that... That's that's what it takes. It's great. Definitely, definitely got to be definitely have to be hungry too. You got to be got to be willing to put in the um, the work, which is all I've ever known. So I was excited about that aspect of it. Right, startup can be hard work, like you're saying, right? But it's certainly worth the work, the reward now, because one thing you just told me a couple of weeks back, it's like Ken, I don't know what to do with myself. My team doesn't even want me to come to work anymore because. They say that they got everything under control. Yeah, I know that was a really that was a really strange, um, strange thing to realize. And you did it. So you did it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, it takes some people. Some people don't realize that they're staying startup with their business uh, for their whole lives. They, they're in startup. They they can't get past uh, themselves. And I mean, you've been able to do that in the first year and a half, and now you're. Experience seeing the other side of it, where you've raised such incredible leaders within your organization um, that you have leaders that are developing leaders without you having to be there, and that's uh, that's the key to success. I don't care what business it is. Uh, when you get to the other side of that and create the depth in your team, which you've done through focusing on the things that you focused on, I mean that's really uh, when you know that you're in a in a business that's um, not just making money, but you're making a difference in a lot of people's lives. So congratulations to that, Luke. Yeah. So thank you, Luke. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank anybody who uh, tuned in. We hope you gained some insight, a little bit more into franchising. And please subscribe to our podcast and stay updated and grow with the bros. 
Thanks for joining us and we hope you implement at least one or two nuggets from this episode that will give you the confidence to grow. Subscribe to our podcast to stay updated and grow with the bros.